Hi everyone, I'm Diana Silva. This week's episode is all about fashion. With New York Fashion Week being over and big events happening, I thought it would be great to talk about the Met Gala on celebrities who iconically popped out. We got stars like Timothy Chalamet, Emma Chamberlain, Rihanna, and other celebs that walked the red carpet in designer clothing. I then later spoke to fashion historian and professor at Fordham, Dr. Sonia Abrego, who gave me her point of view on fashion and what it has to offer to society as a whole, as well as how she got into the career field. Stick around, grab a snack, and listen along as we delve into the glamorous world of fashion. This is Retrospect, the official podcast of the Fordham Observer. We are joined today by fashion historian and professor at Fordham University, Dr. Sonia Abrego. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, What made you decide to get into fashion and eventually become a professor in the field? And what interests you most about that field? (laughs) Well, I took a pretty circuitous route. Um, The job I have now, I didn't even know was a job when I was in um, college. Uh, I actually have a science degree and departed from that because it's not what I wanted to do. And um, I really started... I loved art history. I thought I would just go back to do art history. Um, I was also working with vintage clothing and working in in that world. So I was hands-on with a lot of old things and really had an affinity for that. Um, But again, wasn't really sure how these kinds of big picture historical and theoretical ideas that I was encountering in my art history classes would ever merge with my interest in style and clothing um, or if they ever could. And I kind of haphazardly stumbled upon um, uh, graduate programs uh, in New York City that were focused on that or allowed me the ability to think about design history and think about clothing in that context. And I have stuck with it ever since. It's really cool that you started off as a science major and then (laughs) for me, so I'm going to do fashion. That's really interesting. (laughs) That's usually how it is. You kind of don't end up doing what you start off as. You never know where you'll end up. (laughs) So you like recently the Met has showed off. So obviously I want to talk about the Met. Um, So what are you like your favorite pieces that were showing? Like what were your favorite designs and all these luxury brands that kind of dress those celebrities? And then I kind of want to get into what kind of celebrities showed up at the Met too. I mean, the Met Gala is a really important event as a, as a fundraiser. Um, I'm very interested in the theme of this year's exhibition. It's connected to um, American fashion, American design, which is what my work is focused on. Um, I actually haven't been yet to this show and I'm really curious to see how the curators interpret that. That's really interesting that you said um, that's kind of what your this year's theme was what you're interested in. So what is your interpretation of this year's theme? If you had to kind of describe like, because a Um, lot of people were saying that a lot of people did not follow the theme and that was like very controversial. And that's something you're interested in, something that you kind of follow closely. So I'd like to see what your, like hear what your interpretation of this year's theme is. Well, the interesting thing about having a theme at all is that it's open to interpretation. So uh, as far as there being rules and right ways and wrong ways to do it, um, I mean, people can, who are interested can have kind of a back and forth about that. 
Um, what's interesting to me is kind of to see how it works its way in creatively. And I also just feel like people are just going to dress and choose what they want and, and, and then find a way to maybe shoehorn that in, into, into relation, um, to the theme. And broadly speaking, I mean, American design could speak to a great many things. I mean, that could uh, speak to history, the history of specific American designers, but that could also speak to kind of, uh, a mood and iconography, um, this quote unquote spirit of independence or spirit of individualism that was kind of baked into the title, at least of the event, but not so much of the exhibition, which is interesting. Actually, now that, now that I've had some time to reflect on it, I do really appreciate the look that, um, that Sasha Velour did, who is a uh, drag queen from Brooklyn, who created a beautiful, um, with a designer who's, um, with a designer assisting a beautiful, uh, shirtwaist style blouse uh, into a gown that incorporated lace um, made by their great grandmother who had actually been um, a worker at the Triangle Shirtwave Factory, which is um, famously and tragically burned. And a lot of those workers lost their lives in at the turn of the century in 1911. And has um, that those kinds of ways of what is American fashion, what is American making, what are the sacrifices and how that reflects the country's history, I think was done like really provocatively and elegantly with um, with Sasha Velour's idea. So, I mean, that was a highlight for, for me, for sure. But I mean, I'm less interested, I think, in getting it right uh, as much as I'm interested in is what kind of discussions it opens up. That's interesting. I really liked her piece too. There were lots of, um, I also didn't watch it like closely, but I, I, I always like to ask because mm-hmm. this year's theme was particularly, huge event. Yeah, yeah, this year's theme was particularly, it's a great fundraiser and lots of people show up with really cool pieces of clothing. As you know, there are many luxury brands like Dior, Givenchy, Louis Vuitton, which offer incredibly iconic and unique pieces to the fashion industry. But there are also many companies that offer fast fashion nowadays, like Sheen or Urban Outfitters, more like modern day uh, companies that compete in today's society. What do you think are important differences between luxury brands and fast fashion and where are the perks of each type and which do you think thrive the most as fashion evolves? Um, I think there's a huge middle ground and a huge gray area between those two as well, um, which I think is where a lot of um, a lot of fashion consumption and a lot of creativity uh, lies. I mean, luxury brands in terms of the brand and the image and the media surrounding it and the actual couture, the garments that are being made at that level are kind of two different things, right? I mean, one is still a nod to the beautiful handcraft, handcraftsmanship, creativity, um, and imagination that is able to operate um, at such a high level. And so the fact that that even still exists is, is, a, is a beautiful thing. Um, is it attainable in any way? Or, I mean, you could argue that it's never been, it's never been attainable, um, but as, as, a, as a way for peop- uh, designers at that level to showcase their talents and all the people working under them to contribute, um, that's still, uh, I think, you know, a beautiful, relevant example of the artistry of fashion. Um, then at the very, very far end of the spectrum, fast fashion, I mean, you could say it's copying it, but, and it is, but it's not even copying things at Couture. I mean, it's copying kind of ready to wear maybe sometimes runway looks, but, um, but not even it's, it's kind of an odd blend of kind of picking up on, on street style and, 
um, what designers are doing. And unfortunately, more often than not, what smaller designers are doing, because they can just copy that with impunity and not have the repercussions of a, a big business with a big name, um, financial backing, challenging them. It's also the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to manufacturing making. Um, there is very little handwork um, and detail in terms of fit construction design and ultimately materials um, and it's also therefore very wasteful because you just have an incredible amount of just cheap material um, put in the marketplace not worn for very long because it doesn't can't last for very long and then um, discarded pretty pretty briefly so it's uh, very it's two very very different worlds and you mentioned earlier about kind of being in, into thrifting and vintage What's the difference between, I know there's a difference between vintage and what thrift means. Like if you can tell me what the difference is, your experience maybe with vintage clothing and speaking about how we have all these old trends coming back. I know like bell bottoms are coming back, clothes from the 2000s are coming back. All those kind of different types of styles are being reintegrated into today's society. And what kind of brings back those types of trends back like who brings them back like like what what makes them so likable that they come back oh good question i mean fashion is cyclical but it, it always has been right we see uh silhouettes and styles from the 1960s that echo the 1920s you see silhouettes and styles in the 1970s that look a lot like the 1930s and 40s there's there, there's always been elements of that the cycle is much uh quicker Things have just been sped up significantly. So now we're getting things from, you know, maybe only 10 years ago um, or 15 years ago being treated as, you know, um, kind of quote, vintage inspired or, you know, a, a revival style, um, which seems very quick, right? Um, in terms of differences and definitions, I mean, I don't like to put hard and fast rules on them because language changes just like these ideas around clothing changes. When I was coming up in the business, we used vintage to talk about anything that was 30 years or older. Um, much older than that would be maybe you would use words like antique clothing. Um, but 30 years, again, for my uh, my time when I was, you know, in, in my 20s, that was more or less the cutoff. People who work with designer fashion um, or designer vintage, it usually tends to be more like 10. Um, but now it seems like anything kind of goes, right? Um, I mean, the 90s is 30 years ago now, but things that are, you know, from 10 years ago are being are being called vintage. And if that's what helps people find them and sell them and that's how they identify it, then I guess, you know, that's what it is. And um, and thrifting too. I mean, I always considered it just um, more of like the, Places like the Salvation Army, like places that were just kind of a, a catch-all for different kinds of used clothing of all sorts. Um, and people you see as vintage for, again, things that were a little bit more selective or just necessarily a little bit older and maybe selected by, you know, the store owner or the person kind of running the, running the business with an eye to style, as opposed to just kind of a mishmash of everybody's used stuff. And then you have to kind of hunt more for, for um, what you like and what you think is stylish really interesting that you said that vocabulary changed and that's so true it's hard to kind of put a set definition on things because things are moving so fast now and I feel like nowadays I hear that what was in yesterday is not in today so it's like wear what you like because whatever you like is what you're going to wear every day and if you stick up with the trends it's going to move on quick and I thought that was really it like sticks because things move on so quick nowadays and that was really interesting you said that what was considered vintage years ago is not really considered vintage now like it 
it kind of comes and goes. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you said, there are many factors that are involved in kind of the fashion industry. And when I was researching, it said that the big four fields um, were design, manufacturing, marketing, and promotion, and retail sales. So which one sticks out to you the most or which one do you resonate with most? If you can kind of get into um, that field and kind of just explain to us what what that means. Um, well, for me, I mean, I'm drawn to the history of design. And so that's what, um, what I am looking at and thinking about design for, um, for fashion in the greater context of like the visual culture around us and other designed objects too, right? So sometimes you start to see like in my class, we just looked at, you know, the 1930s, you start to see streamlining trends in industrial design and automotive design. And then you start to see all this kind of more attenuated silhouette and kind of these longer leaner shapes or idealize uh, those sorts of um, shapes for women's bodies. And like, those are the kinds of connections that I find the most interesting. How the clothes are, yes, they're part of their time, but they're also part of that bigger world of what people found appealing or elegant or attractive at um, and what, at one moment and how that can be so different from, from one era to the next. That's what really, um, I think will never stop being interesting to me. Classes do you offer? If you mind just like, what classes do you teach and what do you kind of teach in each of these classes? Cause I know that you're a fashion historian. So obviously you're gonna teach about the history of fashion. But yeah. which class sticks out to you the most or which component in the class sticks out to you the most? Sure. Well, at Fordham, I'm, um, I'm only doing two and I'm working in the art history department. So we, we frame things more or less um, using our historical approaches, not exclusively, but I like to always bring that in um, because a lot of my students might have more familiarity with that and also to kind of keep it in, in line with, with the department. So I do a um, history of costume class typically in the spring. And that is antiquity and it ends in the 19th century or it ends really at the very beginning of the 20th century. So that is older material um, because there's just less stuff uh, before the 18th century. We do spend a significant amount of time looking at paintings, like using works of art um, as evidence because that's where the clothing was represented. In my class I'm teaching currently, which is on um, modern fashion, meaning really 20th century, um, that which is I'm enjoying because it's a little closer to my own research um, and you know area area of expertise. Um, we're looking at largely Europe and America, bringing in some international examples uh, when I can, and uh, again considering the history of fashion in its social context and in how it relates to art and design. So you're more in the 20th century, right? So what's your favorite era? What's like your favorite piece? <laughs> or like, who's your favorite like fashion influencer of that time? Or what piece of clothing do you think sticks out to you the most? Wow, it's hard to narrow it down. Um, it's hard to, I mean, I like mixing and matching different, you know, eras and and kind of moments of, of inspiration. But I mean, I think originally I was really, you know, I was really, really drawn to like the, the 40s, 30s, 40s, especially those kind of art deco elements. I like the sorts of textiles and the fits that were happening then. I think it just looked really elegant, but I also really like a lot of the 1950s sportswear. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a mixed, it's a mixed bag, but I would say, I guess, like 30s through 50s um, silhouettes. And thank you so much for letting me interview him.
Met Gala is one of the hottest and most watched events every year. What was once called the Costume Institute Gala, or the Costume Institute Benefit, is now widely known as the famous Met Ball. It is hosted annually as a fundraising event for the benefit of the Metropolitan Museum of Arts Costume Institute in New York City. And it's often referred to as fashion's biggest night out, inviting the most popular and prevalent celebrities at the moment. Iconic stars like Jennifer Lopez and influencers like Emma Chamberlain attended the gala this year wearing attire from their designers. Each year, the event reveals the theme of the gala. This year's theme was titled, In America, a Lexicon of Fashion. A bunch of celebrities showcased their outfits and their interpretations of the 2021 theme. One of the most expected celebrities that night was Timothy Chalamet, and he was rocking Hater Ackerman. Ackerman is a designer he constantly collaborates with, so most of the attire we see him in is from his work. So it's a bit familiar to everyone what his designs kind of go for. And his outfit was actually one of the cooler designs I saw amongst all the male celebrities that walked the carpet that night. It wasn't mind-blowing. It particularly didn't blow me away, but it was a pretty interesting setup. It was a simple but effective all-white look with the top half consisting of a satin tuxedo jacket with black lapels, and then the bottom half was more casual, consisting of white sweats and then Converse shoes. To follow the theme, Ackerman interpreted American fashion in more of a clashing way, which of course the casual and formal contrast was seen in his design. And his goal was to create a fusion of these two completely different sides of fashion that we see today, sleek versus street style. And it was a pretty fun look, definitely not the best I've seen from Timothy. I kind of expected a bit more, but it was definitely up there as one of the most interesting outfits I've seen him in. And then up next, I have Emma Chamberlain, who's wearing Louis Vuitton. I expect her to be designed by them because of her partnership she has with the label. But the dress is beautiful. It was a glittering gold and sparkling gown, featured an asymmetrical skirt and a chain link back. The sequin dress had triangle cutouts in the front, showing off her midriff and the sides of her stomach, and it fit her so perfectly. The dress was hand embroidered and included Swarovski crystals as part of the sequins on the dress. So it's definitely a glamorous look. And her look was definitely 70s inspired from the dangling uh, gold hoop earrings that she was wearing and the bold makeup look she had on, which was the bold green eyeshadow. And it was definitely a beautiful look. But like Timothy, I kind of expected a bit more from her, from her unique sense of style that she's known for but it was more up Louis Vuitton's aisles. It was expected from the designers. Um, and as she had mentioned to uh, press that, she kind of gave them full control for the most part on how to style her that night. And then one of the most iconic women that showed up that night was Rihanna. Rihanna was wearing Balenciaga. Her look was one of the most talked about looks for sure. She was accompanied by ASAP Rocky, who was wearing a Captain Crunch inspired quilt around him, which I was a little bit disappointed with ASAP was wearing, but it was it was pretty cool. Not his best, but it was it was something. Rihanna closed the Met Gala with her look and it was gorgeous. She had an overcoat with black ruffles and there was so much volume in it. It looked almost inflated. And it was a chic interpretation of all American style. And her jewelry also complemented that look, giving off a message. Some of her jewelry featured in Sotheby's Black and Brilliant exhibit. 
centered on black jewelry designers. So that was her kind of theme of the night and her message to the outfit that she was wearing. And then one of the most top dressed men of the night was Lil Nas X. He was wearing Versace and he definitely was one of the most iconic and most talked about outfits of the night. His outfit transformation kind of reminded me of Lady Gaga's four outfit strip back in 2019, and it definitely did the job. He started off with a cape that was covered in intricate gold beading, and the design definitely had a royal vibe to it. The longness of the cape and flowing train drew attention towards him on the carpet, and he then removed it and revealed a golden suit of armor, and then finally removed the armor to reveal a dazzling gold bodysuit covered in crystals. And it was definitely a design very much up Versace's aisle, so they did not disappoint at all. And Lil Nas X is very confident what he wears, so he definitely showcased it beautifully, and it was a very memorable look for sure of the night. And then we have Iman. She was wearing Dolce & Gabbana and Harris Reed. Her outfit was definitely the one that struck me the most and stuck out to me the most. It was so angelical and beautiful and well-designed, and I gotta give it to the designers. They did the job really well. Her outfit was a custom uh, bustier and trousers paired with a tiered gold, like gilded feather cage overskirt and a matching headpiece. And she very much looked like the center of attention that night. And her look was beautiful and definitely the most jaw dropping. And it was inspired by America's golden age. And it definitely gave. And then finally, I have Kim Kardashian, who was wearing Balenciaga as well. And when I first saw Kim's look, I remember saying that she looked straight out of American Horror Story. And I was like, Kim, what are you doing? I was so confused when I saw her look at first, but then once I looked up a little bit more on what she was wearing and why she was wearing and what the ideas were behind the design, it kind of made a little bit more sense. She was accompanied that night by her designer. I mistook for Kanye because she was in this, he was in the similar outfit as Kim. The reason why I thought it was Kanye is because it was just, it seemed like a Kanye thing to wear. It was up it was up his alley for sure. But she was wearing a stark black tour gown with a matching mask and train. The look gave her anonymity. She was definitely, she wasn't showing her face. She wasn't really showing her body that much. Like it was kind of just masking her. And it was almost a blank slate that the outfit acted as, which allowed for open interpretation of her outfit, allowing for anyone to apply their own meaning to it. And I thought it was one of the most interesting pieces of the night. It was definitely a little bit more complex when it came to interpretation. And those are just a few of the celebrities that went that night. Some of the designs were groundbreaking, some of them not so much. But the Met Gala exhibit is still ongoing and I'm looking forward to seeing it in person soon. And the ball itself is just one of the most iconic events of the year. And I look forward to seeing it every year and seeing what everyone wears and what the designers come up with who are just so talented and, and great at what they do. And I can't wait to see what the upcoming events reveal to the fashion world. Special thank you to Dr. Abrego for joining us today and a special shout out to all the listeners who tune in every episode. Just a little reminder that we are still in a bi-weekly schedule for this season. Thanks to all the listeners who tune in today and let us know if you have any episode ideas that you would like to request. I hope we're all having a great semester so far with midterms coming up. Stay healthy, refreshed, and sane. And until next time, I'm Diana Silva, and this has been Retrospect. <laughs>